Good morning and welcome to CSL. So wherever you are in this world, it is now. And in this nowness at CSL, this is what we practice. So as a practitioner for CSL, what I know is the truth in prayer for individuals who come to me with prayer and in my own life as part of my spiritual practice. So you can always come to any practitioner because we'll give you an adjustment, an adjustment of how you perceive resolving issues in your life. And our perception is our reality. So let's turn inward now and take a deep breath. And as we take that deep breath that is the one life inspiring us. So breathe deep. And again, taking a deep, deep breath. I simply know that there is room for the one life that lives inside me and in each person on this service this morning. It lives within us. It lives around us. It lives through us. And it abides our actions and our prayers. And so I know that the wholeness of God is present right here and right now in this meeting. Its peaceful presence infuses this service and brings its creativity to Reverend David's message today. And I simply know that gathering in this manner is not only safe for us collectively for our health, but it is the wholeness of God that we should meet together in the now, no matter where we are, so we can feel its presence with us. So I give great thanks knowing that this moment of prayer brings us together and launches us on another distant, yet not distant, point of connection to be here now. I'm grateful for Reverend David. I'm grateful for this community. I am grateful for our musicians and the music that carry us through this time. I call our service today good, and so it is. So this month, uh, April, we've been looking at the whole topic of bright beginnings, bright beginnings. And, and I love it because we've been watching spring unfold around us. We've had a relatively sunny uh, um, April. You know, we've gotten some, some April showers, hopefully, uh, which will make May flowers. Um, but we have these bright beginnings that are happening around us, even as we ourselves think of ourselves as being held in place. But we're really doing some deepening internally to create bright beginnings. And our final topic this month is, is the topic of fire in the belly. So last Thursday evening began Ramadan. And if you have Islamic friends, you want to um, uh, wish them a, a blessed Ramadan. The, the word is Ramadan um, Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak uh, means blessed Ramadan. And um, so Ramadan is one of the five pillars of, of Islam. And it's a month of fa- a month not just you know a little bit of time, but a month of fasting, prayer, reflection, and community. It's a time out. It's a time out of the, the busyness of life um, to fast, to pray, to reflect, and then to connect with community. Um, 
it's a time of purification. It's a time of burning away the old, the, the, that which no longer serves us, to make way for the new. The poet Rumi said, when the brain and the belly burn from fasting, every moment a new song rises out of the fire. A new song rises out of the fire. And so as we recommit to our purpose and our deepening in spiritual practice, our song, our purpose can be heard and seen and experienced more clearly. In a manner of speaking, the whole world is kind of in a Ramadan right now. You know, we're taking a time out. You know, we're doing, and, and hopefully we, we have the invitation and the, the, um, the opportunity to do prayer and fasting, to fast from our normal fullness of our schedule, our normal busy, busy, busyness, um, or even just the, what our normal day-to-day -day routine is. And we have the invitation to engage more deeply in prayer, in meditation, and connection with that spirit within us. And as with everything else in life, as with any other invitation in life, some will choose to ignore the, this Ramadan, this sacred time out, uh, but the invitation remains open. And the invitation is, will we use this sacred time to deepen? Will we use this sacred time to listen to the songs arising from our belly? Rumi refers to this purification process as a burning you know, if, if you're like me, you know, I want my transformations to be comfortable and easy. And, and probably most of us are, are kind of like that. We want our transformations to, you know, don't disrupt my world too much. I want to change my life completely, but don't disrupt my world too much. But comfort and ease will keep us stuck. I had an old teacher who used to say that comfort kills. Um, comfort and ease will keep us stuck. Rumi has a, a couple of thoughts on this. I'm, I'm, I was in a poetry mood while I was writing this, so we're going to have a bunch of poets, uh, and, and especially Rumi, in our, in our quotes here. He says, to find a pearl, dive deep into the ocean. Don't look in fountains. To find a pearl, dive deep into the ocean. Don't go looking in our little fountains. Don't go looking in the shallow places. And in another poem, he says, wake up, lovers. It is time to start the journey. We have seen enough of this world, whatever this world, the, the currently existing world is. We have seen enough of this world. It is time to see another. These gardens may be beautiful, but let us pass beyond them and go to the gardener, capital G, gardener. We have stayed at home, scared like mice. Let us find our courage and join the lions. Let us find our courage and join the lions. To join the lions takes moving out of our comfortable little worlds and stepping boldly into a bigger world. And what burns away in this purification process is only our fears, our beliefs and lack and limitation and not enoughness, all that stuff that, I don't know about you, I don't want to carry it any, uh, any forward any further. That's what burns away when we do the purification. Ernest Holmes says, we shall learn to lay our burdens on the altar of love, that they may be consumed by the fire of faith in the living spirit. We would have no burdens if we always turned to God. We're reading um, Emmett Fox in the Mental Equivalence class, and his, what he says is instead of thinking of our problems, think of God instead. If we turn to that infinite presence, that infinite source, our our problems go away, burn away, dissolve away. So we burn away 
are distractions from the true being of ourselves. We burn away the distractions from our true intention, our true vision, our true purpose, the why am I really here? Because before we were born, we were, we were formless energy with intention. We were thought with intention before we ever became an embryo, before we ever took birth, before we, we came in with an intention. We came in with this thought in mind. But as we spend our time in life, our lens kind of becomes clouded over with the grid of the journey. Have you noticed? And we lose our clarity of purpose. We lose our clarity. You know, years ago, I had um, cataract surgery done. And I, I thought I was still seeing okay until I had one lens taken out of my eye and, I could, and, and replaced. And it's just like all of a sudden, oh, my God, it was a beautiful, bright, new world with colors that I didn't realize I was missing. And then I had this yellowed lens on the other side that, you know, because they do it a couple weeks apart. And, and it's like, oh, wow, that's what the vision was like. So our, our initial vision, our initial vision that we're called to, our initial purpose, is always here within. It's always here within, even if we've forgotten it. And as we take the time, take time out from the busyness of our lives, and this time in the world, not just Ramadan, but this time in the world, it's a beautiful time to spend some of that. And we turn to that truth within, that purpose emerges more fully, more clearly, more powerfully. And that spark that was shot from the central flame, central Fires of the universal flame, if you will. That spark that came from the infinite presence through us. Catches and warms others by the radiance of its own unfolding. You know, a fire doesn't just give heat for itself. It just, it can't help it as it expresses, as it is being itself. It's warming everything around it. And we are fired from inspiration, from thinking about it, to action. And when we tap into the fire in the belly, that deep inner flame, we take up our beds that we've been laying in, our old paradigms that we've been laying in, and walk. So instead of laying comfortably in our misery, comfortably in our, it's dysfunctional, but it's okay, I know how to work it, you know, consciousness. And instead of laying in our, our rightness or our righteousness about our suffering, uh, we take up our beds and walk. And this takes courage, especially if we've been practicing our victimhood long and loud enough, and we've built up a following of those who agree with us and believe in us, uh, and, we, and we all kind of stay stuck together because we don't want, you know, if, if I stop believing in your victimness, uh, you're going to stop believing in mine. So we want to have that. Y yesterday I was at the seafood market and, and I, I watched the crabs, and, and as one would try to get out of the pot and cup, one of them just made it clear to the top, it got grabbed in by others, and that's, that's a trait of crab that crabs do, is they, they stay together. And so if we want to escape from that, we, it takes courage to step away from that. So we have to let go of all of our ideas of the sins and the wrongs that we hold on to, the sins and the wrongs that were done to us, and the sins and the wrongs that were done by us. We have to let all of that go and choose instead to live as lions in the only point of power there is, which is this moment now. We can't step into a new world holding on to the old one. And so if I'm going to hang, into, hang on to my old beliefs, my old ideas of what was done to me and what I did and how wrong it was and how bad it was or they were or I am, we cannot step into our new world. And it's not that those wrongs don't, didn't happen or that they weren't real. They were. It's just that they don't matter anymore. 
because we've chosen to go to something greater than the right, wrong consciousness. This is Rumi's out beyond ideas of right thinking and wrong thinking. There is a field and I'll meet you there. It's because we choose to live in freedom and true power. One of my favorite uh, poets, current poets, David White, uh, wrote a poem called The True Love. It's one of my absolute favorites of his poems. I'm going to read the last part of this poem. He says, when we finally step out of the boat, and the boat is our comfort zone. The boat is, is where we are and have been, and it's safe, and we know it's all good. When we finally step out of the boat, and, and he's using the analogy of the boat when Jesus walked across the water to the boat uh, to the apostles. When we finally step out of the boat, we find everything holds us and everything confirms our courage. And if you wanted to drown, you could, but you don't. Because finally, after all this struggle and all these years, you don't want to anymore. You've simply had enough of drowning. And you want to live, and you want to love, and you will walk across any territory and any darkness, however fluid and however dangerous, to take the one hand you know belongs in yours. And that one hand that belongs in yours is really your own authentic hand, yourself, your purpose. And we'll walk across, we'll do whatever it takes. When we finally get to the point of, I've had enough of drowning in my misery and drowning in my stuckness and drowning in my blah, 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 blah stuff. When we choose purification, we will walk across territories and darknesses we would never have considered when we were living as scared mice. To all of our wisdom and all of our visions, to all of our ideas and to all of our knowing, we must add the fire in the belly to move us into the actions necessary to fully reveal and embody our purpose. And so this week, I'm going to talk about something else in just a moment. But this week, I want to invite you to do two spiritual practices. Number one, create a purification process for yourself. Take the time to consciously say, yes, I'm going to do this purification. I'm, I'm willing to take the next step to, to pair off this layer and reveal what wants to come next. And so ask yourself, what do I need to fast from? It might be a certain kind of an old thought of not enough, not good enough. It might be indulgence. It might be laziness. It might, whatever it is, what do I need to fast from? And then the counter question to that is, what do I need to engage in? So I'm letting go of one thing and I'm engaging in something else. What do I need to engage in? And that's our first practice. The second one is to fan the flames of that divine spark that's within you into a fire in the belly. And I'm going to talk about this in just a minute, but at first it may feel like anger, but that's just a cover emotion for the feelings of powerlessness. It's just a cover emotion for our, our anger that maybe we think is directed toward a certain person or a certain situation, but really is something far older than that. You know, the, the Course in Miracles says we are never angry for the reason we think we are. And so it's an invitation, if, we, if that's where we go, is to go deeper and to ask what is it that I'm really feeling angry about and to start to heal that. But we're going to fan that fire in the belly and ask what is the purpose that wants to be revealed here and say yes to that purpose. Two practices. Are we good with that? Thumbs up for yes. Thank you.
So I want to talk about that fire through the metaphor of the Hindu goddess Kali. And some of you may be familiar with the goddess Kali. If you are not, let me um, give you an image here. Hang on a second. Not that one. That one. So Kali is the Hindu goddess, and the story goes that the demons had invaded uh, the realm of the gods, and then a great battle was ensuing and going back and forth and back and forth, and finally the demons were beating the gods, and the gods turned to, of all people, Durga. Now this is interesting. This is an interesting thing to contemplate, because Durga is the goddess of compassion. In the Chinese uh, ideology, we, th we think of her as Kuan Yin the goddess of compassion. Why in the middle of a battle with, with the demons would you turn to the goddess of compassion? Well, any, anyone who's ever interfered with uh, a woman's children and triggered them off has met Kali. Anyone who's ever really, really, really gotten past that, that wonderful, loving mother energy and, and, and the mother bear, you know, for instance, when her cubs are threatened, turns into Kali. And so this is Kali. She's got uh, a sword, a machete up in the uh, one hand and, and a club uh, uh, in, and a mace kind of thing in another hand. She's got a whip in another hand and a bowl of blood and holding the head of, of one of the, the severed head of one of the demons uh, and, and you know, the skulls all around her of, of all the demons that she's killed. And who she's laying on is Shiva or who's laying underneath her foot. And what happened is that Kali became so um, crazed with the lust to kill, which is how a fire is. Fire controlled in a fireplace or in a nice way is, is wonderful. It gives light. It gives warmth. If it's out of control, it burns down the house. It doesn't distinguish. And so Kali was in that place where she was no longer distinguishing between who she could and couldn't, shouldn't kill. And so she was killing the gods and their, and their allies and their armies. And so Shiva, who is the god of tr uh, truth and balance, threw himself underneath her feet to ground her, to bring her back to herself, to her authentic self. And so that is who we, we look at. And that is what fire can be like if we don't control it. So our invitation is to let the fire in the belly guide us. Burn what needs to be burned, but not burn down the entire house. Burning down the house is a great talking head song, but it's not what we want to have in our experience. So I want to close with two quotes. The first one is from Rumi, and he says, Tear off the mask. Your face is glorious. You, we should start every morning looking in the mirror and, and just saying that to ourselves. Tear off the mask. My face is glorious. He says, your heart may be cold as stone, but I will warm it with my raging fire. Don't let them change your mind and turn you to ice, for I am your fire and warmth. That God within is our fire and our warmth. And then Ernest Holmes in this thing called you says, I exist, the divine feeling, fire, imagination, and creativity may be expressed through me. Spirit comes to me with a new and fresh creativity. And so we say yes to that creativity. Let me go back to sharing so we can get our affirmation up here. Oops. We'll move past 
her. And so say this with me. I burn away limited thinking each and every day as I allow the fire in my belly to guide what's mine to do in the world. I burn away limited thinking each and every day as I allow the fire in my belly to guide what's mine to do in the world. Mm. Take a breath. And so I just simply know that that fire, mm, that passion, guides us, moves us into what is ours to do. We express it. We experience it. We say yes to that which is mine and allow that passion, that passion, to guide us into a world greater than we have ever imagined before. And so let us imagine something new. <laughs> 